This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, August the 30th, 2022, episode 398. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome into another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on the video game in in around the video game industry with a little sprinkle of some common sense political commentary when it makes sense. My name is Nick Craig. Thanks for joining us. You can check me out online by visiting my website, nickcraig.com. You can give me a follow over on Twitter at Nicholas M. Craig or head on over to our website, which is InfectionPodcast.com. Joining me as he does each and every week from the big city, Brian, uh, big city, yes. Boise, Aldridge. Big hey, city, Brian. Hey, Brian. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, what big they call city, Brian. Big city, I Brian. Like that. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, you're you're skating around the ice like, holy moly, who's that? Who's that guy flying by the ice? Oh, that's just, that's Big City Brian. Uh, you, big you City Brian. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah Big City Brian. Hey, Brian. Everybody knows that guy. <laughs> hey, I'm doing great. If you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor, Getter, and Truth Social, of course, my blog, biteoftech.com. But what you should go to is infectionpodcast.com. And on the upper right-hand side where he says, join our server on Discord, you can do that. And we have, well, we have a politics channel. We have a bunch of ARC servers running, 11 currently going. And uh, place that it, there's a news channel. So if you think that we're missing a story, there's something we should be talking about, uh, or Dingo, something boom, you want to give to <laughs> contribute to the show, just go and throw a link into that channel, and we'll review it before the live show starts. Um, if you want to watch the show, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive, and those are recorded live and um, after the fact. And then we have the uh, the recordings that are uploaded for the podcast form. We got to wait for the show to be done for those. So. At the lower right hands, lots of different ways you can listen. But if you are going to listen, the best thing you can do is jump to the particular show notes for the episode you're listening to because we've got links and articles, uh, source material, videos, things that we talk, uh, talk about and reference throughout the show uh, are available right on those pages. And if you do that, uh, maybe we'll be watching a video and you want to be able to see that, but you still want to listen to the podcast form that allows you to see the video that we're discussing and be able to listen to it with the lower bandwidth. So very helpful. Uh, if you want to support the show, there is a support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, and I want to thank our friend UGX Vibe for hitting us up with the 55-month resubscription. Thank you very much. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, now Brian, we are just two episodes away, or I guess one more episode away from uh, the big 400 um, of yep. uh, uh, some amazing to me that for four four liter four hundred weeks, which is an incalculable amount of time, uh, we have, yes. uh, have been doing this. I've been doing this podcast. So, uh, UGX vibe. Thanks for the over support. over it. Yeah, over a year's worth of uh, days worth of weeks. Right. Oh yeah, and even think about that. We could have done. Yeah, every imagine doing the show every day. How if we, awful. There's a, hey, be. you could listen to a, you could listen to an episode every day and still not be done in a year. How about that? Yeah. Well, I yeah. I'd, Rather do some other things besides that, but um, all right, Brian. Don't you want to hear so, all the H1Z1 news? I know you want that. You know, maybe that's what we'll do. I'm going to start pulling some clips from the 400th episode. We'll we'll go back and talk about some things. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brian, you the, the our agreement uh, kind of here, but you know, in, internally is you do the pre setup with the show notes. You collect a lot of the news, mm-hmm. and of course, thanks to some of the folks in our Discord that throw news, and I handle the live production and, and publishing of the show. But of course, I don't just show up here like, all right, let's just t- figure out what's going on. So I always look at the show notes and read through some stuff. And reading yeah. through the show notes today, Brian, this is the biggest hodgepodge of news and events and things <laughs> yeah. from all over the gaming industry. And I have oh, yeah. no idea where we need to start. So I'm going to turn the key, or I should say turn right. the wheel over to you, and you need to tell us what we, uh, where we need to go here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start with a follow-up on something we talked about in the last couple of weeks. And okay. that's that Logitech uh, new gaming device that's supposed to uh, you know, rival Steam's device. Uh, not running Steam OS, some, right? Is this a not running Steam OS? Thing? Yeah, it's, I think it's running more of an Android type of thing. But they they have some leaks that happen, so you can see it has the ability to run Android apps. Has kind of a Switch look. Looks a little bigger than the Switch, uh, but I think it's more very much a gaming device. Uh, it has this is going to be a lot of streaming platforms. So you can see it has Nvidia's uh, was it GeForce Now or whatever they mm-hmm. call it. Yeah. Um, 
the Xbox Game Pass it does have a Steam link on there. Now, whether or not that's streaming to from a computer to the Xbox or if that is using something else, it's got a browser, YouTube, maybe that might even just be the the Steam app for all we know. Yeah, the Steam that's on there, Android the, app. Yeah, the Steam Android app. Yes, and so that's that's what it's supposed to look like. Huh. It, it looks fine to me. It doesn't look crazy. Um, looks like they gave it enough room on as far as the device itself. They're not trying to squeeze it into something super small. Um, but it it looks like uh, something you'd carry, be able to carry around, put throw in your backpack, not something you'd put in your pocket for sure. It's, it's a very hefty size, but it is. It's got a good enough screen to be able to game on because that's I think kind of the downside is trying to game on mobile. They try to squeeze down to such a small screen that how can you play some of these more modern games made for bigger screens? Well, and especially touch controls, like you play PUBG or uh, any of these yep. games, Fortnite, and then you know, using haptic feet, even the Diablo game, which I've been yep. playing on and off a little bit. It's while yep. it's fun and good and I enjoy it. God, the on-screen controls are just a huge pain in the ass. I mean, you're just, especially yes. a game like Diablo where you've got so many different buttons and combos and things you're trying to hit. And you, I mean, I don't yep. have the biggest hands in the world, but even with that, I mean, you're, you're holding a phone like this, Brian, you're covering up you know, 25% of your real estate, depending on you yep. know how big your hands are and how big your phone is. Um, but yep. I, my question still stands. Why, why is Logitech doing this? Why are they not taking steam OS, which steam announced they will a, a license and doing this, this is this is just an Android device. Why not buy an Android phone or an Android tablet and get what they Amazon? Yep. They sell those. Um, they sell the little things like this that you can buy the equivalents that are game controller, little Bluetooth guys. Why not just buy? Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the, what's the selling point going to be in this thing? I don't understand. It's more of a mo- It's a dedicated mobile gaming device that hmm. doesn't use. Uh, Nintendo or you know these these marketplaces that you're locked into. W- one thing we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show is how a lot of people are upset with some of these mainstream uh, gaming platforms and the prices they charge. Uh, it, I, th- I think that here it gives you a choice. You can stream your Xbox Game Pass on a device that has built-in controls that you know will be compatible with working correctly with it, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a difficult thing to always get. You don't have to use the touchscreen. You don't have to try to attach something to the side of your phone or your tablet to do it because that's, imagine gaming and you get really vigorous with it. Anything you try to attach to a a tablet nowadays, those tablets are so thin, what are you going to attach to it that's going to hold unless it's something you put into a cradle? But then it has to be made directly for that specific thing and then you have those things running on battery inside of the controllers. It's just, I think for this, it does make sense for the mobile gaming market because people want something that's not a Switch. Because with a Switch, you have to buy everything from their one store. And how often do they put things on sale on Switch? Yeah, never. I mean, the prices the prices are super high for those. Yeah, and you can't. I mean, I, I haven't tried. I don't think you can play the Xbox. Yeah, those. Yeah, you know, they like clip these, onto this is there. What I was thinking, yeah. It's just if you're really gaming, you're going to have to play lightly enough to have that thing not fly off. Yeah, true. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> It's just, it makes me nervous. You're, it's relying on you pressing them together and keeping your hands like that. Yeah. Um, you no, know, no, I'm sure they work. Right. No, they, they but then you're also do. using wireless Bluetooth as well, which is going to have a slight delay. It's not going to be quite as, as uh, reactive. This is going to be hardware layered uh, to where you're, you know, you're able to sit there and play. And yeah. what if it even works as maybe a control? It can be a remote control Bluetooth. I mean, I, I wonder if you can control something on your TV with this thing and have I'll that tell you be what. a a screen that interfaces with it. This thing is going to have to be so cheap for them to make any sort of penetration into the marketplace. I mean, this thing yeah. is going to have to be like 200 bucks. And it, it there's it cannot be more than $200. There's just no way. There's yeah. no way. There is not a chance in hell they're going to be able to penetrate this handheld market with a device that's 350. Cuz at 350 you can go buy a Steam Deck for 400 bucks and you'd be and I think if you had if Brian if I handed you $400 and said yeah. choose a device I think you'd be a fool not to pick the Steam Deck over this. And, and now th- there is yeah. one caveat. The caveat is the only thing you're going to be doing is playing Xbox Game Pass. But if that's the case, yeah. I still don't know why you would spend $400 on a device to play Xbox Game Pass. Just get an Android tablet and then put that controller dongle on. And I get it, it's not the perfect experience, but if you're just yeah. going to be doing Game Pass, which, by the way, you're only going to be able to do it a, you know, at home or in an area with Wi-Fi. These things are not 
um, you know, these, you're not playing this stuff on the road. This thing doesn't have a cell connection. And yes, you can tether yeah. to your phone, but you're you're not you're not doing that. Is the point? You're stationary with this yeah. thing. Um, I I just I I still don't see the Logitech makes good stuff. Got Logitech keyboard, now, mouse, other, yeah. other peripherals, but I just don't see it. Hear me out here, though. Here's one thing that I think that they may have a benefit over what Steam Deck currently has, okay. and that's this thing uses one of the most cutting-edge uh, processors that there are available right now. Um, this is one of the first, I think, the first device to use this new G3X uh, chip for theirs, and it's got a 120-hertz screen on it. Uh, you know, I just think they're going for... And, well, and if you're streaming again, here's the issue. Playing local, I understand that. But yeah, why do you need 120 if you're streaming hertz a game display? for a Game Pass, you don't need a 120 hertz display to stream a game over Game Pass. So I think that's that's kind of figuring out where their market is, finding games that are this is, works well for. It's got all the buttons you would want. It's got you know pretty much the Xbox buttons. It's got the things for kind of an Xbox feel and a Nintendo's type of feel. It's got a, it feels like a normal. It has everything for a normal controller on it. Whether it feels good, that's going to be another thing. Yeah, I um. They so. by the way, uh, Logitech filed a DMC DMCA on the guy that leaked these images, so they're pulling a full Nintendo in terms of uh, trying, you know, or uh, uh, Betty White, you know, trying to uh, remove images from the internet is not typically the most lucrative thing in the world to do. Um, yeah. so I I guess that to me that indicates we're not probably not that close to an announcement. Um, I though am yeah. very very interested to see what they do here and if they can even attempt to penetrate this market at all all right so let's let's transition over to some playstation news sure i kind of talked about it a minute ago but playstation is getting hit with a 5.9 billion dollar lawsuit now this is just a lawsuit whatever that means you know let's read a little bit lawsuit or a lawsuit well i think it may be a lawsuit because yeah they ripping people off on digital games and they claim that this includes up to nearly 9 million Sony customers. So they're including everybody into this. But they're saying that uh, Consumer Rights Advocacy Group is suing Sony for charging a 30% commission fee on all digital purchases made through the UK PlayStation Store. This is functionally a class action lawsuit that seeks to distribute billions of dollars to players who have used the PlayStation UK Store since 2016. Uh, and now, you know, they're saying that this... Is it yeah. this 30% is on the developer, is it not? You don't pay a 30% surcharge on the if you buy a game, right? Yeah, they, they, they're charging a 30% commission fee on all digital purchases. Is what they're to saying. who, though? So, okay. So if you're telling me saying, so, if, a game is, if a game is $59.99, you're telling me that they're charging 30% on top of that? Yes. And, well, and they're huh. they're and they're saying now this is kind of like the steam tax too in a way because they're saying it's deployed an anti-competitive strategy which has resulted in excessive prices to consumers that are out of all proportion to the costs of Sony providing its services. You could say the same thing about Steam. Uh you know, I think this is kind of the same push as the you know, Steam shouldn't charge so much, uh, but they're doing it through PlayStation instead. Uh, so they're claiming that Sony has a near monopoly on all sales of digital games, particular PlayStation games, so it shouldn't be using that power to enforce unreasonable prices on consumers. Now, but you're buying a device that is strictly a PlayStation. You're yeah, buying of course they into have the market. world. Yeah, you're buying into the PlayStation world when you buy, buy a PlayStation device. If you don't want to buy into that world, then buy an Xbox. If you don't want to buy in that world, buy a PC. Uh, you know, it, I, I think that this... I can understand the frustration because I feel the same frustration with Steam. You know, you, you've got Epic, which charges less for theirs, um, but most of them charge this 30%, you know, with the exception of Epic. And so you're going after one, you know, if they can get this to, to, to take in any kind of court, then I, you know, I'd see it happening to others. But this is in the well, UK. Their courts are very different than the United States. Yeah, well, the answer is no, this is not going to go anywhere. And a couple of comments on this post, Brian, are indicating the same thing. You know, this 30% is, the, yeah. is what the developers pay. This is not 30% yeah. that, the, that the end users are paying. So why would the consumer, wouldn't the developers be the ones that would want to file the class action and then get the money back? Yeah, but I think they're saying that the prices the of the games have gone up because of this. Yeah, well, the, yeah, the developers where they, are... Where they're, maybe, not providing, uh, they're not providing 30% worth of service I to see. 
like 30% on game microtransactions. Yeah, like um, Epic and Apple. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it's all that the over. same argument. But, the, you know, we'll see where this goes in the UK. And it could be that if for some reason you get some court that's like, oh, yeah, that's not fair, you know, because <laughs> it's very possible you get someone who just doesn't realize. And if they frame it right, they can say, that's not fair. Let's get, you know, give, let's have them give 15% back or 20% back. If that happens, I could see a lot of companies getting nervous and start knocking these 30% charges down to something more reasonable. Now, what's reasonable? I just think the cost of technology to do what it, what Steam used to do back 15, 20 years ago is very different to where back then I can imagine 30% for us to host a data center and let you download files to thousands and thousands of people. That costs a lot of money. It doesn't cost a lot of money anymore, but they haven't lowered the price. So I could see some people being a little bit, hey, you know, Here's how much it costs you. If they can get them to reveal that in court, here's how much it costs you to sell a game. Here's how much you're charging to sell a game. I think that'll get people to maybe be a little bit uh, reactive. Not that it's a good thing, but I could see them possibly pulling pulling something out based on that. I doubt a judge will take this up with any legitimacy, but um, I guess I we've know. seen crazier <laughs> things before. Speaking of uh, speaking of Sony, I caught this interesting story this week. Yes, um, is that in certain regions, not the United States, but in other regions across the uh, the world, Sony is actually raising the price of the PlayStation Five. So I've got yeah. a um, I've got a copy here of the pricing list, and this is the the PS Five price hikes. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, but you're looking at a, but between about a 10 and a 12 and a half percent increase in Europe, a, uh, yep. six and a half to almost eight and a half percent increase in the UK, uh, 10 to 12 and a half in Japan, again, 10 to 12 and a half in China, um, you know, back in Canada, three and a, almost three and a quarter percent, uh, to 4%. Um, so the rise, they're raising their prices anywhere, you know, the highest on this list is almost 13% in China, which is a lot yep. for a device that's already, you know, depending on your currency here in the United States, you know, 400, 500 plus dollars, uh, 13% on that is uh, pretty significant. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder because for instance, the all digital ones, the ones without drives in them, disk drives, those are the ones that have the highest percentage increase. yeah those are getting hit the most yeah it makes no sense yeah so the ones that have less hardware in them are becoming more expensive <laughs> i mean comparatively uh yes. i you know because the all digital went from 390 for instance in euros the europe all digital 399.99 it went to 449.99 but the uh the 440 499.99 went to 549 they just raised them a flat 100 bucks and i wonder or 100 euro you know, I mean, well, between each other, they they equally raise. I just, it's weird. I, I don't get the point of unless they're viewing that the dollar is worth less now, they need more dollars to cover themselves for things that they produced. I, I that could be what it is. Inflation. Yeah, do you think possibly could be what's behind this? They're realizing no. that you already don't make a lot of money on these consoles in the first place. Yeah, I mean, that, no, and that's why I don't think it's inflation because. Well, first of all, if it was, they would raise it in the U.S. too, and they didn't. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument about inflation, but again, they don't. This the, these consoles are not profit centers for them. The profit no. is the thirty percent on the they've games. They've always kind of everything. lost money or broken even in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just kind of strange that they would do this, especially in a time where I think them competitively are not doing the greatest. No, Microsoft's kicking their ass right now. There's no question about that. And so, and Microsoft isn't raising any prices or anything like that. Now, let's talk about where, because they've been putting out some news on where the direction of PlayStation is going. Because yeah, love you got to know think, <laughs> it, it, they, they don't seem to be controlling the, the PlayStation, you know, as far as console market, but they're spinning up this PlayStation mobile divisions in a major push to phones. And this kind of makes sense. Because if you look, they, they're, kind of losing the console war for sure right now in my in my opinion you're just looking at what uh microsoft is doing microsoft's making it so you don't even need a console and you have full access to everything uh without a console what does playstation really have uh, you know they no. had a streaming service which was very limited uh they have a lot of ips 
So I think here, you know, they're, they're really pushing towards putting a, a phone division, which is a way that they can still make money on games and not be reliant on them producing hardware. Because hardware, I think, is a very bad place to be in right now for producing. A lot of companies that produce hardware are struggling right now. Uh, and, you know, this is going to be something that, that Microsoft has in, in the bag because they have, regardless of making another Xbox console, they're going to continue making a lot of money. Because have, people have a lot of ways to play without a console. They could put out those little discs, pucks, and be able to sit there and play. Um, they don't need a console anymore. PlayStation doesn't have anything like that. They rely on there being a console war and people going between them. I can't hear you. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I do okay. want to be fair to, to, to Sony. Um, they do have, and they did announce their new playstation plus premium excel version whatever the hell it's called mm -hmm. but it doesn't have a library that is worth anything um yeah. it's expensive it's more expensive than game pass um yeah. and it is limited from what i understand to just the sony console now there was there were those leaks a couple of weeks ago about a potential sony launcher coming to the pc which could bring some yeah. streaming um, there's no mobile app. There's no in idea that I've seen nothing to indicate there's even a mobile app in development. Um, so they've got the service, but they haven't built around it. Like the reason well, Game Pass is so interesting. Well, there's a couple of reasons. First, they've got an unbelievable catalog. That's number one. Yeah. But the second is the flexibility and the versatility of it. Now, I'm not sure how many people are actually streaming Game Pass games on their phone or tablets. I don't think the number is mm -hmm. crazy high. But to have the option is pretty neat. Um, it, yeah. You know, it's cool. I, you know, I remember in years past uh, when I've traveled for holidays or things like that, I've lugged around an Xbox or a PlayStation. And maybe it, it would have been nice yep. and, you know, five plus years ago to have the availability to do something like that. So, that, that, you know, that is pretty uh, lucrative, especially, you know, going to college and stuff like that. Having a, a device to just stream it all makes a lot of sense. Um and it's funny that you're mentioning Sony going back to mobile. You know, they had the PSP, which was a very yeah. Uh, you know, they had the two, the 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 regular PSP and and then the Vita. Um, and the Vita yeah. was kind of a flop because they didn't put anything behind it in terms of game development. I just, you know, there's all there's this one company, Savage Game Studios, that says they're working on a AAA shooter for smartphones. I. I yep. BS. You're not making it. Nobody's making a triple A shooter for smartphones. Nobody wants to play a triple A shooter on a smartphone, Brian. That's not a market. Well, even Call of Duty, Call of Duty on the phone is still nowhere the experience of Call of Duty. But on it's the not even Call you know, of Duty. It's, it's, it's just Warzone. It's just Warzone because yeah. the right because regular you have six v six multiplayer on the phone would suck. Well, they have a lot of bots and everything to make it feel like yeah, of course to a regular yeah. experience. And so I think that, you know, this is them trying to figure out a way, you know, they've got to be looking at these games that are making money on, on the mobile. I mean, uh, Diablo and Blizzard, which is Microsoft, <laughs> their competitor, they got to love that. Uh, you know, they're sitting <laughs> there making yeah. <laughs> a huge amount of money for a mobile game, you know, so they've got to be looking at this and saying, well, we've got all these great titles. We've got all these great IPs. Like, how do we make that Diablo money? And well, Okay, you've got to make something that's seamless and just release it and see if people like it. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing a push, and I think that's what they're hoping to do is to get something out there that is just amazing because they've got, they list here some of the things that they put out on mobile before on a very limited basis. A puzzle game, uh, Uncharted Fortune Hunter, you know, <laughs> um, it was released one week before Uncharted 4 came out. Uh, they also had an infinite run game, infinite runner called Sack. Run Sackboy Run, the same day as Little Big Planets Three hit, you know, PS3 and PS4. But they haven't really put out mobile games. Well, and I, I just I'd be nervous this about up. what kind of things they would put out. This is this story is a month old. This is uh, July 29th. Diablo Immortal mm -hmm. made a hundred million dollars worth of revenue in just yep. two months. Yep. So. You know, I, I think that's what's kind of driving them. Them sitting in, you know, over in Japan looking at it and like, how do we make money? Oh, look at this. They made mobile games and they're making more than their console game would. Yeah, uh, There's a lot behind that. Two months. You know, that, let's see what kind of games they put out. 
if they try to push something too crazy, uh, try to do like Spider-Man or something on mobile, I just don't see that working. It's got to be a game that makes sense. And Diablo made sense for a mobile game. Well, and I think that's the key is there's this, and I want to, I have been an advocate of this for a long time. There's folks that will always poo-poo mobile gaming, Brian. They say uh, it's not a real industry. It's not this. It's not that. It is. It is a yep. very profitable. It is a very successful industry. There is a lot of money to be made, but there's yep. only a lot of money to be made on games that work in mobile. And that yep. is inherently the biggest problem is that you've got individuals and individual games that are trying to push themselves into mobile and they're not mobile games. Fortnite tried to go mobile. Call of Duty tried to go mobile. All these third-person shooter, first-person shooters tried to sit there and go mobile, and guess what? It just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Diablo, a to, uh, you know, uh, they, they, it feels like the original game because that's something that works on mobile. That kind of top view, uh, everything's done in the center of the window, that works. But these things where you have to spin around and you're constantly having changing views, that does not work on mobile. So... Find a game that is in their IP that makes sense and see if you can get that to transition over to mobile. I can't think of whatever off the top of my head that's a PlayStation game that would really fit with mobile, but you know I'm sure they're out there. Crash Bandicoot, a side-scroller, a racing game, something of that. Yeah, nature. a side-scroller, a racing game would work. Something where you're not having to spin around with your controller or your phone and try to, to shoot something behind you. That's what doesn't work on a mobile game. So figure out what you can do that doesn't do that. Racing games can work very well on mobile because, you know, you're viewing everything that's in front of your car yeah, uh, or your vehicle that you're, you're driving. Uh, you know, so they just need to find what are their IPs works. But the fact that they're kind of pushing a AAA shooter scares me and just makes me think, oh, man, this is going to be a flop. Well, it doesn't scare me, but it um, it just shows that Sony is completely out of touch. Yeah, and they have been for a while. I think, you know, one thing, they sold a lot more, was it PS3s or PS4s? I don't remember if it was the Xbox 360 versus the PS3. They sold a lot more, but back in the day, uh, they sold a lot more. I was, PS4, I was on, the, on, on the boat. P, PS4 versus the Xbox One. They sold a lot more yeah. PS4s. And, and you know what? And they ended up losing in the end. Yeah. Um, well, at least everybody that's what it looks like. at the beginning of, but everyone at the beginning was just like me was was like, hey, Sony's better. But guess what? Xbox turned that around, and now Sony's trying to figure out what to do. Um, you know, one thing that you can give Microsoft credit for is when they were losing the console war, they turned around and figure out, well, how else, how else do we win this? How else do we make money? How else do we grow our market? And they came up with things that are pretty cool. So, I just think Sony's trying to figure that out. But they've always been behind, whether it came to hardware, uh, you know, they're just everything is clunky. They just uh, this is how they've done it in the past. And I think that uh, I think they're going to have to do a lot better to be able to actually compete. And this just doesn't doesn't sound like the way to do it. But, hey, maybe they're just trying to figure out a way to stay in business and keep their IPs happy. Because if you can't make money for your IPs, you can't sell consoles, which means you can't sell games. They're not going to remain loyal to you. You're not going to get these because you've seen a lot of them that have quit their their PlayStation exclusivity, and I think that that's that's what this is all about. They need to offer those people something to keep them in making money on their platform. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Um, well, we've been, we've been talking about mobile a little bit here. Um, Valve has been talking about their next generation of Steam decks, which is the thing that I know have known has had to happen because you've got your Steam decks that it's just like those old PSPs. You pull out, out a PSP, you know it, it's old technology. Um, they need to start creating things that aren't so reliant on you using this version. Um, and so them putting out more updated hardware that's continually to be compatible with the newer versions of games and still looking good uh, is what's going to happen. They're saying that this new one is more open and more capable than the first version, which I, you would think because, I mean, that's the first thing you ever saw. I think with the, the technology that they use to be able to emulate and to bring all these games onto that device is pretty amazing. Um, a lot of people are starting to use it for even other things outside of the Steam Deck. But, you know, this, if they can keep that momentum and make sure they're continuing to release products, because the problem is when they sit and just be like, hey, this one's really good. You know, uh, just like if, if um, 
the uh, Nintendo Switch. You know, if they don't keep putting out hardware, that thing's going to be left behind eventually. Here, I think Valve realizes this too. They got to keep putting out hardware until manufacturers start doing it for themselves. And I just haven't seen the manufacturers com- trying to compete with the Steam Deck itself. You know, with their own versions of it yet. Uh, you know, maybe they will, but I haven't seen that. So, um, you know, this is this is something that Steam OS, all of that. I think has a really big feature as long as they keep putting out these pieces of hardware so that people feel like that it's still fast and current. Yeah. I, um, um, there's no, um, there's no time to, I mean, there's no timetable or anything on this, right? I mean, it's still probably years out from this would be my guess. Yeah. I don't uh, even think they fulfilled all the orders on the original steam deck yet. Have they? I think there's still a wait list. Let me look. Yeah, they they now one thing that they did do I didn't put it in the news, but they did say that uh, they have kind of fixed a lot of their logistic issues, so they've been shipping it faster than they were planning on before. So they are starting to get out there uh, at a faster rate. But I think here, you know, this is something where it, maybe in like a year and a half, for maybe next, you know, not this Christmas, but next next Christmas, have another piece of hardware out there, people will continue to buy them. Yeah, I mean, they're not that far off. It says uh, expected order availability. It doesn't say expected delivery. It says availability yeah. is October, December, so Q4. Um, so you know, maybe by early next year you get it shipped uh, or get it or yeah. you know, maybe li- right before Christmas, something like that. Interesting. Yeah, so, you know, and I think they'll want to, I mean, it's not like a console where you're like, oh, this, you know, we, we got to, we, we, you know, we need to sell these for a period of time and can't have something so people drop their old ones i think this is going to continue people will upgrade these if they feel like it's better they'll hand one to their kid and they'll get a new one for themselves so i think there's a market even if every two years or every year and a half they are kind of putting out new versions of that i think that's enough to keep it alive yeah and keep it moving forward um now valve also is they're testing a new mobile app and this is a new beta features like qr login uh, better for notifications, a better interface, because it's something they've always kind of struggled with. Their app, as far as keep... god awful, yeah, god <laughs> awful. And they've been working on the Steam, you know, you know you a little bit of credit, but they've been working on the Steam interface even for the PC, and it has improved. But their mobile is something they haven't really touched, uh, and especially if you're wanting to be able to log in to devices like the the Steam Link or not the uh, Steam Deck without having to type in a password. That's the perfect use for this phone app. Um, you know, having ways to make it to where you can more seamlessly switch from one computer to another, um, log into devices, talk to your friends, maybe do voice chat inside of inside of the app on your phone if you don't have a headset to play on or you know something easy like that. That's what they really need to focus on. It sounds like that's kind of where they're going. Yeah, with this as well. Hmm. Well, so I uh, well, we'll see. I I, I still. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm a, uh, a buyer of a steam deck at least now. Uh, but I'm not, a, I guess maybe in the future, I'm not opposed to it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I haven't been playing, I haven't been playing uh, a lot of PC games lately. Um, but you know, if, if one came out that felt really good on a mobile type of screen and with those controls, I, that would definitely be a better way to play it. Cause I'd rather be playing sitting in bed. Like I do some of these other games than sitting at this computer anymore because I, I look at the computer all day. You know, that's just that's just my take on it. Yeah. Um, all right. Let, let's talk a bit, a bit about uh, GameStop, you know, your favorite your favorite little uh, marketplace to go buy these games. I'm telling you, you know, if people <laughs> just listen to me back in 2017. <laughs> now, uh, there, Kotaku has put out an article, so I, I do preface this with Kotaku. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they say news, but usually that means opinion. When you okay, when they say uh, say what it is, but they're going to start paying some employees with they call it meme stock. Um, you know, you know why I don't know. I think meme stock is not what they call it, uh, but you know this is. I think they're going to be doing it with stock options and things. And so the company is also increasing their hourly pay for some of the senior store staff because this is something that has been an issue for a long time. My my cousin managed a GameStop for many years. And so, you know, he could tell you stories about how their pay structure and how they treat their employees. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he could give you some some horror stories about that. Yeah, like but, every other like every other business. GameStop's not unique. They're like every other brick-and-mortar store. I mean, they've got, yeah, it is what it is. 
Yeah, and so they're they're saying they're going to have what they call improved compensation for senior employees. Uh, and they said in a memo that was sent out, he says, while we continue evolving our e-commerce and digital asset offerings, our store fleet will remain critical to GameStop's value proposition. And as a result, we'll be rolling out an improvised compensation model for store leaders. And so this is where they said that the new model, which goes into effect next month, provides every store leader a time-based equity grant of $21,000 investing over three years and the opportunity to earn additional compensation every quarter by hitting goals for performance-based equity grants. This in addition to each store's leader's existing base pay. So they're getting them incentives to do well in the store because this is going to be a struggle. GameStop's trying to remain relevant. How do they keep people walking into a store when everything's digital nowadays, especially once they don't even have the discs that you can put into the games anymore? Here is the... Um problem with this if you are a GameStop employee when they say that it will come that you'll you'll have you can get about $21,000 worth of GameStop stock $21,000 at what value because the stock currently is not represent representative of the company it is currently representative of a bunch of retards that are dumping money into a failing company just like AMC yeah so yeah. $21,000 worth of stock at, what is GME at right now? $21,000, I mean, the stock's at 30 bucks a share. You know, you can go back, yeah. um, you know, you can go back to when the stock was at 50 or $60 a share. Um, and, you know, so at what value? Because, I mean, this stock is yeah. real, this stock is a 3 or $4 stock. I mean, that's what it was prior yeah. to, the, to the big jump in April of last year yep. it's a it's a three four five dollar stock so twenty one thousand dollars at forty dollars a share when the stock's only worth about three is nothing yeah well and, and here, here typically they, when you get a vested stock like for example if you worked for uh general motors or ibm or one of these companies that has a good stable solid stock that is a big incentive to get a yep. You know, vested a vested stock into a company that has a long track record of solid performance. But <clears throat> would you yeah. want? I mean, and it's three, and and you have to, and it's vested for three years. Yeah, uh, this just yeah. It, it, this just screams. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: well, if you're working at GameStop, I can't imagine you're going to go and quit your full time job to go work at GameStop because they're giving you. Uh, you know, twenty thousand, twenty one thousand GME stock over three yeah. years. Yeah, over yeah. three years when the stock, now, the, the company will be out of business in three years. But nevertheless, and here they say stock compensation associated with this new model is covered under GameStop's existing equity plan, which was approved by stockholders' leadership. Believe uh, believes the model accomplishes the dual goal of increasing pay for every store leader and instilling a stronger ownership mentality across the organization. In conjunction with this investment, we are also increasing hourly pay for assistant store leaders and senior guest advisors. So, so yeah, they're trying to figure out a way to get managers to stay so that you don't end up with a bunch of high schoolers trying to run these stores and running them into the ground even more. Well, how do you get someone who knows how to manage people to work for a company that work, pays them incredibly low? Can I, can I give you a hot take? <clears> hmm. <throat> Now, I will admit, I have never worked in a traditional brick-and-mortar store. So maybe I am yeah. so completely out of the loop. But you would think a company like GameStop that has, and I'm using GameStop specifically, relatively small retail locations, correct? And it's not Walmart, yeah. like Target or uh, Sam's Club or Costco. Where a minimal amount about, of floor space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're talking about a fifty or 60,000 square foot facility with some of these stores, 100,000 square foot facility. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a, a little a narrow thing in a strip mall. Why do they need yep. these, you know, why do they even need, I'm not saying you don't need a manager, but why do, you, why do you need a store manager in the first place? What decisions is that store manager making? Isn't all of that stuff being done? Isn't procurement and all of that stuff being done at a corporate level? I mean, I, I know I get you need somebody to quote unquote run the store, but with GameStop, yeah. their products are they're not sourcing anything unique. All of the stores sell the same shit. It's all from the same companies. I 
I just, I don't even know why, I don't even, and again, maybe I'm just completely out of base on this, but it just doesn't even seem like something that you would need. It seems like you need regional people to do that stuff. Well, And then you can just have college kids and high school kids working the store because it's just retail. It's simply taking stuff from the shelves and selling it. What they're doing is getting people to show up to the store for different shifts on time. If you don't have someone there pressuring, say, hey, you need to work this day, you need to be here this day, You'll have people that just won't show up. Um, they had one where a store at a mall where everybody just kind of walked out of the store, yeah, uh, you know, and 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 shut it down. I think they need to have a manager there that says, "Hey, no, you're going to work this Friday and you're going to work on Thursday. You need to be here at this time." That's pretty much what it comes down to, uh, making sure people are setting up the store because if you, they're, they're just enforcing standards. It's not like they're doing anything that requires a strong college degree. It just needs someone who has a little bit of, I guess, pride in, in the appearance and, and that people show up on time to be able to work in the store and be there when customers walk in. That's, that's all you need. Uh, you know, and, and so, you know, the, the, the leadership quality that you really need is just someone who's reliable. That could be a manager in a store like that. I guess we, so we wait. $21,000 to someone like that. Maybe that's something that they'd be happy for. Uh, another thing that yeah. happened is <laughs> If you're a fool. GameStop, their NF, their NFT marketplace has been stolen, selling stolen uh, indie games. Oh, also, they were selling. They were also were selling like NFTs of that that person falling out of the 9/11 building, you know, things like oh, that. The They're jumpers. Just, oh, that's disturbing. Yes, there's. So they ended up shutting down this the nifty marketplace, um, you know, which had some of the these games on here. You know, just some poor decisions. I mean, they're, they're struggling to figure out ways to make money. But if if you're counting on people, you know, running a store, something that's going to manage itself and have people not try to either slip games in that aren't theirs or sell images of things that shouldn't be on, that, that don't represent your company well, um, that's something that you got to be careful of. Uh, you know, they were selling things that, that didn't have licenses and things like that. That's that's kind of the danger of these little marketplaces where you let people submit things to your marketplace. You've got to curate all that. You can't just let it run itself. It just doesn't work. Do you buy so, this stuff like just right on their homepage? Like where do you where is this marketplace? Like I'm here. Yeah. Like where is yeah, it? Yeah, I, I let's see. Like is this in some like weird corner of the internet that that I don't under that that isn't or is it you know a completely different thing? It's it's just. I wonder if they've they've pulled it since some no, of these they, things have they been happening. No, they haven't pulled it. It's they um they, they pulled the stuff from the store. Um, oh, it's nft.gamestop.com. That is the. There you uh, go. Hmm. So yeah, you've got, I mean, you've got all these things, but I just don't know if this is the direction either. I just don't see NFTs as being a thing that's going to save your company and bring in a ton of money. Oh, definitely no. not when you're GameStop. Yeah, so sure you can buy these things, but it's like, all right, that's twenty dollars for that graphic. I mean, this is pretty cool. Yeah, but why would you pay twenty bucks for it? Yeah, when I can just like click sign and... that I could put look on at this, my Brian. Wall. Look at this, Brian. I can right click and save the video as. Why would I buy it at all? I can just save a JPEG or a video. <laughs> See? Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy the, the way that it's going. So, yeah, so there's that's kind of what's been going on with GameStop. I know you're you're all in for them, but uh, we'll see if they make it here next couple of years. Look, Brian, I bought uh, we, I, uh, look, Brian, I bought a, I bought an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <coughs> yeah, so that yeah, I think the whole NFT market is just something that's still they're trying to figure out a use for it, but I don't think that's it. I want to keep this uh, on the show let's talk about nvidia let's let's talk about nvidia here for a minute because we've been talking about consoles oh. and uh let's see here look at that oh nice there we go let's keep that there all right <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry keep going <laughs> so uh so they they've been talking and nvidia has been talking about the prices of their of gpus and one thing that they said is they said they've always believed that the average GPU price should be the same as a game's console, which I personally, I think is um, crazy. No, the average GPU. So that you've got your low end, your high end, the, the middle, the middle GPU, 
Which yeah, middle what, range. What's, the, what's yeah. the cheapest X? The cheapest Xbox is what three hundred bucks? Isn't it two ninety nine or or is it? Is three, it two ninety? Yeah, I guess the Xbox S. What two ninety nine? I don't know. Let's go. Let's check out GameStop. Let's let's go to like GameStop and see what uh, let's see what GameStop is selling the old uh, the old Xbox Aroni for. Um, <clears throat> let's see Xbox S. It's two ninety nine. So let's yeah, the average yeah. GPU costing. Let's see, let's but, say but, this is the digital edition S. Let's let's say the real one is three ninety nine. The average GPU costing four hundred dollars. I don't think that's crazy. Middle see, of the road. Well, here they're saying. They said they wanted to drift towards the average uh, price of a game console. So they're thinking more like $500 is what they think a GPU should cost. Well, then they're full of shit because the average, I mean, unless you're Sony and you're raising your console prices. They're comparing it to the Xbox Series X, though. That's the one they're comparing it to. And they say it needs to be about the same price as that. Now, the thing is, that's providing ray tracing. That's providing all of these things. Um, Their video card is only the card. It doesn't have the ability to do anything outside of that. It's not providing anything. So I just, I think more, like, as you said, like a $300 video card, I think that's reasonable. Four, yeah. Even $400, $399 for the, this will play every new game that comes out, not at the craziest settings, is realistic. Yeah. It's when you get up to the, okay, now you're spending, you know, five fifty six hundred dollars $600, and you're not getting the creme de la creme is, is where I get a yeah. little uh, ticked off and agitated. I'll tell you what. And I'm still running my 1070, and I'm chilling. Yeah, and I like, I'm going to get a 30 series. It works eventually, but I'm 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 just I'm chilling with the 1070 right now. But in here, if you look at what their market's doing, you know their their Nvidia games revenue dropped amid what they call challenging market conditions, and I can understand that. Of course, that. people people are choosing to buy food rather than to buy a video card. When your video card costs five hundred dollars. And they could say, oh, I can do that, or I can pay my rent or my power bill to this month. Uh, I, it's you know, sad, it's, it's uh, silly of them, but hey, they're they're choosing to pay their power bill or uh, you know buy food. And so I think that this is something where they're going to have to figure out: uh, do we stop pushing so hard on these and put out cheaper cards so people continue to do well, PC gaming? Because they're not tell you what the, the problem is money anymore. I'll tell you exactly what the problem is here. They don't ever let their supplies build up. The, by the time yeah. they've got the manufacturing down on a card, they're already on to the next. I mean, they've already, yeah. they've even in the 30 series, they've already got like eight variations of these cards that nobody yeah. can get. Now, I understand availability has come back as of late, but... It just seems like every time you turn a corner, there's a new card being introduced. The it'll be the you know the, the 3080 Ti, and then it's the 3090 yep. Ti edition, and, and and it's like you don't even have supplies of the regular 3070 or 3080. How are you tooling manufacturing for the 3070 or 3080 Ti? Like yeah. they don't ever make enough stuff. At least well, that's, that's what it seems like just, to me. I, and I never feel like there's enough out there to where it's like oh hey here's a good deal on a video card no it's I, not you know you usually usually i wait for sales or something and i see oh that's a reasonable price and then i'll get it and i just haven't seen with a video card anything that's not a thousand dollars for a video card that's somewhat recent and it's yeah, just I mean, that for me puts it out of my what i want to pay when especially when i'm not doing a bunch of pc gaming right now i mean they are available like for example um you know here is i just pulled this up on amazon right now this is the Here's the MSI RTX 3070. Um, it's on sale for $499. Um, so, and, you know, 21% off, whatever. And, and you can get this, you know, you can get this now. I, but to, to your point, Brian, exactly. Um, I mean, if you search for 3070, I mean, you can see all of the different cards in the different car. I mean, you're going to spend $600 on a 3070? Yeah, which is the That's, low end of their 3000 No, it's not the low end. It's the middle, but still. Well, it, okay. But 3080 is kind of like when you start going into the upper half, right? You're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay, so it is the it is technically the lower end. So it's it's the, the top of the yeah. low end. Of their, so yeah. you know, if you're if you're if if you're good with that, sure. But that's the beginning price of anything that's somewhat current. Yeah. Right. Six hundred dollars yeah, is like is like the floor of of the better cards. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, then you jump into these. <laughs> That's Come only on, Brian. That, that's between the thirty seventy and the thirty ninety. You jump up to twelve hundred dollars. 
Well, this is 39% oh. off. This is normally a $2,000 card. I know, $2,000 video card. That's because it's because the sales are so down, they had to drop the price to $1,200. Look at this. LED off, LED on. Look at this. L off, on. Off, on. <laughs> That's remarkable. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I've got just, $200 worth of Amazon credit that I've been sitting on to either buy a new laptop or a GPU, and it's whatever one I can find a better deal on first. It's probably going to end up being a GPU. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is when the 37, because I've been wanting to get a 3000 series card, but, you know, I didn't really want to go with the like the more base of the 3000 series card to be able to do it. I'd like to get a 3080 for, you know, a reasonable price, but yeah, so you can have it for hundreds of dollars. I mean, I've had, than, I'm trying to think, yeah. we, you and I have had our cards now for five plus years, a couple maybe of, even longer. Yeah, years now. Yeah. And I want something that'll last like that. I just feel like the 3070 won't because they're viewing it as like the bottom. And I want something that's going to last me in a little while. And so I get nervous about paying $500, 400 something dollars for a card that, you know, they'll come out with something new and be like, oh, that's the old card. You know, you need to get the new card. I'm still waiting for them to say, here's our established technology, kind of like what the 1080 was. The 1080 was a strong card, lasted a long time. And, and, and now I just, I don't know when they're going to settle because, you know, they got the 3090 now. When are they going to settle on what's a reasonable card to get? Well, and I think I that's part of the frustration, too, is, you know, I've been watching a lot of, uh, you know, well, and, and let's be clear, too, Brian, you know, Intel is now jumping into this market with their discrete GPUs, and the the, the yep. verdict is still out on those because they're not widely available yet. Um, so the verdict is still out. Uh, the new AMD, the new AMD cards apparently are, are pretty, pretty good as well. Um, I would assume that this market is going to have a pretty big drop in terms of price. In the, it's got to be in the next couple of years because, I mean, the demand is just yep. not going to be here for these $1,200 cards. Well, especially, especially, by the way, as they go to more you're, streaming here's services the thing. instead of graphics cards. And, you know, the, the, when you'll get a big push on these new cards, Brian, is when, it, was when GTA comes out. That'll be the next game that's going to demand people yeah. to go, shit, I need to go and buy an $800 GPU. But and as of and right that, now, I don't know if it, any game that's coming out. Is going to be good? Yeah. yeah, yeah, the 3070 will play the new G the new Grand Theft Auto, I'm sure, perfectly fine. Um, probably not going to play it on the highest settings, but what's the next game coming out that's yeah. going to demand that? I mean, I don't think we're going to see GTA 6 for at least two I've more years. Them, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so we're just kind of cruising for right now. Yeah, and I think I think right now there's not really a game out there that's pushing the market, uh, you know, as far as for graphics or anything like that. Red Dead looks really good on a computer. Red Dead 2 does. Uh, there hasn't been a bunch of super high graphic intensive games since then. And so we'll see. Uh, one more thing. Let's talk about Intel here for a minute while we have a few minutes left. Intel, sure. they said they're turning to emulation for DirectX 9 games because they're, di they're ditching native support on their newer cards. So the new ARC graphics cards that they're creating, they're not mm -hmm. going to have DirectX 9 support anymore. Correct. Uh, and Yeah, so they're going to be emulating that. Uh, and who knows? I am assuming it'll run and look just as, as good. But, you know, this is a 20-year-old graphics API that's been out there that a lot of games still kind of rely on, you know, as far as old games that you're playing. And there's not really a standard. It's not like consoles where, okay, that game is for, you know, this the Xbox uh, 360. This game is for the Xbox One where they can have very specific support. You get a lot of games that people are wanting to play that still run on DirectX 9. And so, uh, you know, Unreal Tournament, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Team Fortress 2, those are some that they mention that still use it. Uh, and so they're going to be doing this emulation. And it's kind of similar, I would think, to what, you know, Steam is doing, right? Um, as far as kind of emulating some of these things and making it run on different hardware. Uh, I, I can't imagine that this is something that, uh, that won't have reasonable performance on, on this either. So, because these are pretty high-end cars. Well, I don't know. I, reasonably high-end cards for what oh, they're they doing compared to what DirectX 9 is able to do. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm wondering, you know, is Microsoft going to be dropping support for that eventually anyways? How long is Microsoft going to continue to kind of do any kind of support for DirectX 9? Um, I Here's the thing. There is so many other things that are not games that use DirectX. Lots of yeah. <clears throat> video and graphic programs that rely on DirectX. So, I don't know. 
I think that's where the, the if this works, have have them release something that kind of emulates it and does it somehow another way, so that you can continue to have that support, like maybe with a virtual driver or something, but don't actually need to have hardware doing this because how much longer do they need? Because how much on PC game or hardware are you held back by them having to have backwards compatibility? Because we we used to talk about it back in the day. Look at what they were able to squeeze out of the Xbox. 360, for example, versus the hardware of that day, because they didn't need all the backwards compatibility with everything. They just made it directly for the hardware that was there. I just yeah. always wonder, like, how much are we held back on PC games because we're always having to maintain that backwards compatibility with everything known under the sun for PCs, for the most part. So we'll see. They're they're going to be dropping that. Uh, we'll see if you'll get a bunch of people saying, oh, "I can't play this game" or "I can't play that." Uh, you know, we'll see once they get it put out there, but. That is something new, and uh, I think the first ones that really have kind of dropped support, first video cards that have dropped support for uh, previous DirectX 9. Well, good. I mean, it's about, it's about time. I mean, event you have to eventually move away and kill these standards, and it's tough to do, and yeah. it causes problems, and somebody is the boogeyman, and somebody is the enemy, but eventually you've got to get away from this stuff. I mean, DirectX 9 is, I mean, when did, yeah. when did DirectX 9 come out? Um Oh, it's been a long time. Let's see. Direct X nine has been out since two thousand and two is when it was first released. So you're no, talking about a no, the, two. No, well, Direct X has been oh, out since oh, yeah, the nineties. Right. Oh, sorry, but Direct X was nineteen ninety five. Yeah, so that's two thousand two. So yep. Two decades. Direct X nine has yep. been out. Direct X ten has yep. been out since two thousand six. Direct X eleven has been but out since two thousand and nine. DirectX 11 like has really been, out nearly, about those. been out over a decade. Yeah. It seems like DirectX 12 was, was like, it seemed like it went from DirectX 9 directly to DirectX 12. Yeah, like because... On the video card boxes. Yeah, it did. Correct, yeah, because nobody cared about 10 or 11. It didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, it's were, like the graphics were... really improved with DirectX 12 for some reason. Like, it's like everything jumped up at that point. Oh, one thing before we go. I wanted to mention there was a game that we played early on for a while uh, that kind of fizzled out and uh, disappeared. Remember, yeah. there's a game Hi-Rez put out called Realm Royale. We talked to them at PAX. How long has it been? We? Yeah, how long has it been since, other than at PAX, how long has it been since we have really mentioned a thing about Realm Royale? We haven't mentioned it. I did play Realm Royale probably a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, it's it's been a while. I'm trying to find it's been, our... It's, um, it's been a while. Try to find our interview. See, uh, see. Oh, you want to the, the watch a minute? You want to watch what, a minute? Three years of this? ago, maybe. This All right, let's, 2018. Yeah, let's this. So yeah, let's uh, let's watch this go. from 2018. Here's uh, Brian, uh, Big City. Uh, uh, four years. Four what's years. What's your ago name? Here. Big City Brian. Big City, uh, big city Brian. Here we go. Yeah, Big City Brian uh, doing this. Impacts. Very fancy intro here. We bought on Video Hive. Oh, okay. Let me take my NFT off here. All right, this is Brian. We're here at PAX West 2018, and I'm here with Josh, wow. who's with Realm Royale, and we're actually here at the Facebook Gaming. Uh, it's a booth, but it's a it's a very nice lounge area that they provided, uh, and so we wanted to get a little of information about Realm Royale. A lot of our uh, listeners, our viewers, play this game, and so uh, currently, for those who maybe don't know so much about Realm Royale. Uh, how did it start? Because this wasn't originally a, a battle royale game. Where did this genre start? So, Realm Royale actually evolved out of another one of Hi-Rez Studios games called Paladins. We originally created a game called Paladins Battlegrounds, where we took the characters from a hero shooter, put them in a battle royale environment, and started messing around, started testing with it. Because like, as a game studio, we are full of developers who love video games. So we're like, let's test the bounds. Let's see what we can do. So there you go. I mean, you know, we were on top of this, Brian. Um, yeah. Big, big Facebook gaming, which is something you haven't heard about in uh, <laughs> probably since 2018. A little while, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so what's which going on They're closing them? down the Facebook gaming app here pretty soon, by the way, if not already. Well, um, I'll tell you what. We are so, going to out. I'll tell you what, Brian. We have outlived all of these services. We're going to outlive Stadia. We're going to outlive Facebook gaming. <laughs> Uh, I we've outlived H1Z1. We've outlived it all. Yeah, Infection so podcast we, is the cornerstone, Brian. It. We survived, we survived it. Literally, it's in our name. It's in our name. <laughs> we've been surviving. Well, so over the over the past few months, a small inter internal team there 
of passionate developers took on the task of reforging the realm and bringing back mechanics from their earlier stages that people loved. Because okay. that interview was where they started to redo it, and I think they turned it into something that people didn't enjoy as much. That was a much. lot they of freaking fun. It was, and they changed it after that, PAX, and then it seemed to have lost a lot of its players. So they have gone through and brought a lot of those back. There's a video. Do you want to get ready to, to play that really quick? Yeah. Um, and that they're calling this Realm Royale Reforged, and mm. it's bringing back a lot of the old mechanics. Because remember, they got rid of classes, and they they made it to where you could be any class and like pick and choose your abilities. And they undid the original game of what it was. So let's go and watch and see what they're doing now with Reforged. <laughs> I love the chickens. It's always a cool mechanic. Yeah. Y'all ready for this? Treasure from the sky. It's hunting season. Get clapped. Who's ready for some fun? Isn't it amazing that we have seen the game from its launch to its remaster? Yeah. <laughs> during our show. And that's the thing is, if you, if you look at, and here's where, you know, I, I, looking back, what I should have said to the guy, you know, of course you don't want to, you don't want to poo-poo on their parade, but when you're playing a game and, you, and you're trying to be competitive, when you see another player and you see that they're a certain class or whatever, then you have an idea when you're going to fight them, how to prepare. Yeah. Like how to tackle them when you take away all those classes and have it where anybody can look however they want. Uh, it makes it a little more difficult for competitive play because you don't know if that's a mage, if that, you know, whatever perks they've built up to build their character, you're kind of going in blind. I think for the competitive player, it wasn't as smart. I think people like knowing, Hey, that's a warrior. I'm going to come at him like this. That's a mage. I'm going to come at him like this. Uh, and so I think that they found that that's what the player would rather have. So that's, uh, hmm. yeah, I, 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 we'll see if it picks up. We'll see if you'll start hearing it. But this was just in the past week uh, announced, released a video. Uh, hopefully, you know, it's, it has good graphics. The gameplay was fun. It had different mechanics than most games had. And I think when they took all those mechanics away and kind of simplified it, uh, they took away its uniqueness. And then it yeah. kind of dwindled because why not just go play Fortnite or something else that's like that? Precisely. Yeah, well, I guess I'll have to get... I always enjoyed Ron Morale. We'll have to give this a try when it comes out. Yep. Yep, for sure. All right. Anything else you want to cover before we roll out of here? No, sir. All right. Very good. Well, if you want to find me, you can find me at Brian Aldridge on Gab, Parlor Getter, and Truth Social, or you can check out my blog, biteoftech.com. Of course, go to our website, infectionpodcast.com, and on the upper right-hand side, join our server on Discord, where if you do that... It's a great way for you to come and maybe submit to the news channel topics that you think we should cover. Maybe a game like this that you think we maybe didn't see. Put a link to it in the uh, in that that channel, and we'll go ahead and check it out before the live show. Uh, if you want to watch the video forms of the podcast, you can do that through Twitch, YouTube, Bitshoot, and DLive. Uh, those are recorded and after the fact. Uh, also, there's the audio forms of the lower right-hand side, and if you just go uh, click on the whatever platform or device you want to use to be able to listen to the show, after the show's done, we upload the recorded version to that. Uh, and at that point, you'll also be able to go to the particular show notes for that episode because we'll have those at the exact same time. So if you jump into that episode, there's links, there's an audio and video player 
uh, all the videos that we refer to throughout the show will be in those links. And so it's a great way for you to turn around and listen to the show, but be able to get the video parts of it as well if you're maybe in a low bandwidth situation or maybe you're driving and just want to see a video that you missed and had to listen to instead. So a uh, great way to be able to keep up on the show and listen to the podcast at the same time. And if you want to support, there's a support option up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Yes, and I want to thank our friend UGX Vibe for hitting us up with the 55 month resubscription here on Twitch. Uh, thank you very much, UGX. It is greatly appreciated. And uh, thanks for your support over all of these uh, years as we approach 400 episodes, Brian. Wow. Uh, we got one I'm more. Up, yeah. And then uh, we'll be up to uh, 400. Yes, as we uh, make our little bit of our change here, as you've probably heard on our intro, you're know, talking about the common sense political commentary we've got the new uh, new uh, double box here some some new graphics with that as well so uh you know everybody else is uh falling off all these other companies are closing down and guess what infection podcast still here still rocking brian thank you and you uh we will catch up with you next week yeah okay Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, my name is Nick Craig. You can uh, head on over to my website, nickcraig.com, if you want to check out my uh, various antics. I'm also on True Social as well. I'm at Nicholas M. Craig on both True Social and Twitter. So uh, there you go. You can give me a follow over there as well. I need to set up my profile. Of course, if you missed any portion of today's program, maybe you want to check out that snazzy Realm Royale video, head on over to our website. It's infectionpodcast.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.